0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I am one of your hosts, James, and uh, with me today is Joe.
1: Hey, folks, how you doing?
0: We're gonna we well. If you've listened to the podcast regularly, you know there's many episodes we've done recently where Joe has not been there to chime in because Joe is a diehard sports fan, and some <laughs> of the TV shows that we were we were watching and making episodes about, Joe was watching his uh, his sports, so he. Well, didn't have an opportunity to weigh in on some of those discussions because he wasn't caught up at the time of the episode. So we're going to use this episode. I'm going to call this episode Joe's Thoughts.
1: Oh, God, <laughs> help you. us. <laughs> Joe,
0: <laughs> Joe, 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 you got a lot of thoughts, and we're going to cover a bunch of topics today that you uh, that we, we were previously not part of those podcasts. So this is an opportunity to kind of catch up with you. So let's go back and uh, to Moon Knight, which we did a while ago. And Joe, you, uh, you told me you recently uh, finished, or I guess somebody recently finished the series. So what did you think of Moon Knight?
1: Well, Before I get to answering that, James, I want to say that Joe was watching, as you said, Joe was watching sports, but in retrospect, Joe was wasting his time watching <laughs> the New York Mets and the New York Yankees, and I'm sure Chris and I will delve into that in a future sports short, so enough said about that. What did I think about Moon Knight? Well, I thought, you know, it wasn't, I as said, I said, we said off air, I did not read, haven't read the comic book since it first came out, so it was fresh for me. What I really liked about Moon Knight, what I thought was an inventive, was that it was a character-driven series. It wasn't action-oriented. It was action, sure, but it was more character-driven, like many of the comics that Marvel was doing back in the Bronze Age, and even DC to a certain extent. So um, uh, that's what I found interesting about it, but it left me with a ton of questions. So to paraphrase um, a classic sketch, sketch from Monty Python, I'm here for the questions, not okay. the argument. Not the argument. <laughs> okay. So I have a few questions, James. And um, but as I said, I enjoyed I enjoyed the uh, series six episodes,
0: correct? Six episodes, yes. I
1: would put it right up there with uh, Wandavision and uh, Loki as uh, oh, my, so okay. far my my favorite uh, Marvel offerings in there, as far as their uh, MCU TV shows go. I thought the actor again, oh my God, help me! Oh,
0: Oscar Isaacs.
1: Yeah, I thought he was amazing, and uh, I don't know if these shows are going to be up for any awards, but uh, I thought that was an Emmy winning performance that he gave. So uh, I just wanted to get that into, but, um, some of my questions. All right. Uh, Stephen Grant, Mark Spector. Okay. Yes. The whole, the whole hospital, Arthur Harrow, what in God's name happened in that last episode with the hospital? What are we to, what are we to make of that? That, you know, that, those final
0: scenes. You mean the last, last scene, the, the, like the post credit scene where he turns into Jake Lockley, or are you no, talking about- before
1: that, because he does, I mean, he's back in the hospital again, oh, right? Oh,
0: right. He's back in the hospital, and he's talking to um, Ethan Hawke's character. Arthur Yeah, Arthur Howard, yes. Um, well, I think that was taken, like, a lot of that came from a later series um, by Moon Knight called, by Jeff Lemire, where oh. Moon Knight uh, was- uh, they created the character of Mister Knight because Moon Knight was locked up in a in an insane asylum, and he was and he was locked up because he was going between the realm of uh, thinking he was Moon Knight and he worked for, Khonshu um, mm-hmm. um, and then he would be back in the insane asylum, and he was just a crazy man. And so they they took a lot of the series from that uh, Jeff Lemire run, uh, in, I think in terms of that, um, so what was happening there, I guess was was very similar for that, to that series where. We are to believe like that was a conjuring that was the con that was like trying to deter Moon Knight from being himself, like convince Stephen, you know, Mark Specter that he is crazy or Stephen Grant that he is crazy and, um, and try to deter him from you know stopping the release. Oh, what, what was the god that he was working for? Um, not oh, Konshu, the, the other god, Khons- was, oh, the uh, no, no, the, al- the alligator god. It was, uh, Right, yeah,
1: I'm I'm looking for that right now. let see, uh, okay. Amit.
0: Amit, yes. Yes, yes Amit, yes. right, okay. So I guess it, the whole thing was to deter, deter him from um, being able to defeat Amit and release Amit upon the world. So that, that's, what, that's my interpretation of what happened in those okay, scenes. Okay, thank
1: there. you. That's, that's very helpful. I mean, it, it, it had this almost um, total recall vibe to it at times. Like, you know, is it really happening or is it a total recall? It also reminded me the uh, scenes in the uh, Insane Asylum in the, uh, in the Joker movie. You know, did, did that entire movie take place inside the insane asylum? Was no, Joker, right? I mean, think about that. So, but that, that could be a podcast for another day, too, that, that movie, right? But well, uh, I'll
0: admit I have not seen the Joker movie. So ah, well, have sure. it's <laughs> wonderful for you then. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's good. It's good. Um, It's been out long enough. I should have caught up with it. You know, I, I saw that the, you know, the thing is about the Joker movie is like, I feel like I have to be in the right mindset. I was. It seems like a very dark movie. Oh, James,
1: was, it really is, yes.
0: So I haven't like really been in the mindset to watch something like really dark and dreary like that, even though it is in the pop culture verse. But it you, is. Need, you
1: need to shower after you see that film.
0: <laughs> okay. okay so. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's disturbing. It's very well done, but it's disturbing. And Moon Knight was disturbing at, at times, too, especially the um, uh, when we're thinking back to what happened to his, to his brother, right? and and, and, yes. and the issues with his mother. And and this is what you know all these character beats and all these these different things that that he was going through. I mean this is a man who's not only searching you know to find himself and to conquer his demons, but he's also searching to define himself too. and I just found this totally uh you know fascinating and, and uh, just think it really as i said it's it's right up there with uh with the other other things, the other good stuff that Marvel has done bra division and, and uh and loki and I hope this is, I hope this is a sequel <laughs> I really do.
0: I mean, they haven't said for sure. I mean, there's a lot of rumors that where Moon Knight will appear again, or is there going to be a sequel? I think um, Oscar Isaacs has been interviewed and said that there's the, you know, probably, possibly, you know, no one, no one's ever committal when you're talking about a Marvel project. Yeah. Until, until it actually happens. So, um, but yeah, but I'm sure Moon Knight will show up again somewhere. I mean, it, seem, it seems like with what they've done recently, they're trying to build eventually their Midnight Suns or, mm. You know, because they got a blade eventually coming. They recently had you know Werewolf by Night. They got Moon Knight together. Um, it's it's unfortunate what happened with Morbius, but uh, but um,
1: well, not everything can be can be a hit, right?
0: Well, Morbius is like in the Sony verse, which yes. is a genre's name. So he's I don't know if they have the even the rights to put Morbius in an MCU Midnight Suns movie. But um, but it seems like they're going towards that darker you know, the, the Avengers that handles the supernatural is where they're probably eventually going with that. So
1: no, I think that's a great idea. It's another, another uh, little corner of the Marvel universe. that needs to be explored. Sure. Uh, you mentioned werewolf by night. I haven't had a chance to watch it. Um, does the man thing show up in that
0: man thing is in it. Yes. Cool.
1: And, uh, Jack Russell, AKA the werewolf by night.
0: Yes, he's in it. Um, you know, I recently just, I'm I'm about to finish up a volume one of werewolf by night, the epic collection. Uh Um, and, uh, I, I, I want to say, I loved Werewolf by Night. I thought it was a great special. Um, it's, it's a self-contained character story. I wouldn't say that this... I, I wouldn't say in the comics that I've read so far that Jack Knight has a real personality to me. I mean, maybe I'm, um, you, could, you could enlighten me, Joe, because I've read, like... I think the Epic Collection has, like, the first 12 issues in it. You mean and, Jack um, Russell, right? Yeah. Sorry, Jack Russell, yeah. not Jack Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Russell, like he doesn't really have much of a personality that really defines him at this point. And cause like mostly it's, it's his time as the werewolf is, <laughs> you know, well, I think that's were- a
1: fair, fair assessment. Yeah. I, I, that you just uh, given. Yeah. I, I would agree with that.
0: So when I'm watching the, when I was watching the, you know, the special, the werewolf by night special, like uh, the Jack Russell, they, pre- the Jack, yeah, Jack Russell, they presented to me. I was like, this seems good to me because he doesn't really have a personality in the comics. So I, I'll be curious when you, when you watch it, what your thoughts are. Okay. But, um, but yes, there is man thing. He looks, he's rendered very well. They he actually did it from what I understand. He's a combination of CG and puppet work. So it's wow. a live, okay. live action type of thing. And um, I think especially for you and I love classic universal horror and black and white horror, I think you'll really get a kick out of that too. But um, I, I think they did a good job. And, and reading, having recently read the werewolf by night, I, when I, we first did this moon Knight episode, I was, I was like, I don't know anything about, um, werewolf by night since that's where moon Knight first appeared Mm -hmm. i think it's it's it is a very comic book type of origin that's a little convoluted i feel the the epic collection um you know because it's his his father was a warlock who unlocked the dark hold and the curse of unlocking the dark hold was he became a werewolf and he passed that genetic line onto his son but it's like all i guess classic comic book monster lore so it's it's fine i mean and then they again and i so is that the first appearance of the dark hold is in werewolf by night
1: Wow, that's a good question. Um, I would have to say yes to that, but I can't be be sure. I wish we had Rich Kranjak here right now; he could he could tell us for sure. But uh, now, the dark hole didn't that showed up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, right?
0: Right. I was going to say and it has this origin, which appears to me like its origins in Werewolf by Night, and same thing I guess with the um, the Bloodstone too. It seems like it has its mm-hmm. origins in Werewolf by Night. And, uh, so, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, spoilers and uh, the Bloodstone is a part of Werewolf by Night, the TV, the special too. So, I guess they're, um, I guess they're starting to mine that part of the universe now.
1: Good, uh, you know, before books like Werewolf by Night and um, Ghost Rider and Tomb of Dracula, all those early seventies, all those Bronze Age books. Marvel, uh, you know, Marvel's uh, Supernatural was basically uh, just around uh, Doctor Strange, and if you go back and look at the Tales to Astonish and Tales of Suspense and Strange Tale stories of the fifties and early sixties, they were all these little six and seven, eight page vignettes, all beautifully rendered by Kirby and Ditko, and all penciled mostly by by Lee. But they were not ongoing, and they were these just little hit and miss stories, right? So it wasn't until the early seventies that Marvel was giving you these these uh, these uh, New characters, like these new characters based on, you know, existing characters in in, uh, in uh, pop culture and then fleshing them out and giving you full stories and, and you know, building uh, uh, supporting cast around them and then uh, taking it from there. So it was, a, it was an explosion of great ideas. And we've spoken about this before, the, the early Bronze Age was just a great, great time for reading comic books.
0: Well, were they allowed to do Monsters? Um, because the, the comics code was lifted by then? Because I think yeah. that's part, part of like, I, I can't remember who, I think I was listening to a podcast and I can't remember which one, but they were talking they were talking about monsters and they were like, once the comics code was deemed like not important anymore, they didn't have to worry about it is when they brought in like Tomb of Dracula and Werewolf by Night and everything I guess they previously thought they couldn't do uh, or something like that. I could be I, getting this wrong.
1: Well, and I could be speaking out of turn too, and again, I wish Rich Krajak was here, but uh, even though I guess the, the um... The comics code authority, uh, their powers were slipping or not, you know, not being recognized. When you look at these early Bronze Age uh, monster books and horror books, they're not really that horrific compared to what was going on in the fifties, <laughs> you know, with no, E. C. I... and stuff like that. So, uh, and I and it was good because they, the writers, I guess Stanley, not so Stanley so much, probably Roy Thomas, who was the editor of the line, realized that this has to be just more than blood and guts. And gore. This has to be stories that you know uh, that are character-driven, that involve the reader that you want to find out about Jack Russell's past and his and and uh, and uh, the Ghost Rider's past, and, and they really fleshed out Dracula also in *Tomb of Dracula*. So that's an interesting great term, fleshed out Dracula. <laughs>
0: I'm looking forward to reading that. I mean, re- reading Werewolf by Night. It's interesting. Like one, I don't think he really kills anybody for the fact that he's like slashing and clawing people. There's not a lot of murder or you think or or injury of people. They they more just get like tossed aside, like they were they were punched as opposed to slashed by a werewolf, which I find interesting. Yeah. And and um and Jack and Jack Russell is not really at least in like I said in the first epic collection, not interested in locking himself up or or sealing himself in for the night. He's sort no, of like... he's not. Oh, it's about to turn into the full moon. I guess uh, I guess bad things are going to happen. He's not like trying to lock himself in a No, he's not head, Larry Talbot, no. <laughs> no, he's not Larry Talbot, which I was like, oh, okay. So just interesting thoughts. Again, it's, it's it's I think it's interesting to go from a modern perspective back to the older books and just notice certain things in the writing and what they were focusing on back then.
1: Yeah. No, it was. And as I said, they were they were really trying to focus on, on making these characters uh, unique. And then- Pushing them into the Marvel uh, universe per se. So you, you know, you'll have issues of Marvel Team Up and Marvel Two and One, a team up starring Spider Man, Two and One starring the the, uh, the Thing, and, and you'll see these characters popping up, and they'll be teaming up with them or you know fighting them, and and they'll pop up at different times in in, in the other books, even if their their books were, were canceled or they moved on.
0: Well actually the um the Werewolf by Night epic collection has uh, the Marvel team up with Spider-Man and Werewolf by Night. There you go. And it's and it's the Marvel team I guess it happens right after it happens out right after Amazing Spider-Man uh, with luke cage which is the issue that came right after gwen stacy died i think right or that's correct right? yes it was, yeah mm-hmm. yes yeah, mm-hmm. so i was like it's like only like two one issue ago gwen stacy died now he's fighting a werewolf so um
1: well that's poor peter's life yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no there's no letter for peter
0: which if audience if you haven't checked it out we did a joe's comics corner where we talked about uh, the death of gwen stacy so you should go back and check that out yeah those are already. great books yes well, does that answer your questions about, well, what are your, any other thoughts about Moon Knight before we move on past Moon Knight?
1: Well, you, I think you've answered my question. Oh, the, um, at the end, um, Lockley shows up, uh, the, the Jake Lockley persona. And as I think I mentioned this before, uh, but, uh, not on air, but, uh, he got an upgrade, didn't he from, he went from a cab to a, uh, a limo, which was either a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. I got to go back and check that. I'm not sure if it was a Bentley or a Rolls Royce, but, uh, I you know so again I just want to see what happens to this character and you know, the, hopefully the ratings were good and and they'll and they'll pick this up and they'll continue it because so I, I think there's a lot more to mine there.
0: I think it, I think the ratings were good. I think it was well received by those who watched it. Again, Moon Knight was like a deep deep bench pull. I think so. I don't know. I think I think more people are watching it now than when it first came out. But I think it was well received. And he'll definitely show up again. I have to like ask you now, Joe, because like a lot of the criticisms and I think even. Steve, um, Steve Perel made a comment in the Facebook group after he, he saw it, finished watching it recently. Did you feel like there wasn't enough Moon Knight, per se, in the Moon Knight show?
1: No, no, I don't feel that way. Um, uh, I'm going to equate it with a show I'm watching right now, which is Stargirl. Uh, which is you know uh, the best thing on the uh, the CW right now because Superman and Lois isn't going to premiere now until February of next year they said, so but um, you really I mean uh, a lot of that show is 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 a, is, is about the characters, the supporting cast, and and you can go an episode or two where there's not even a big fight in Star Girl and and that's okay and I didn't mind that there and I don't mind that in in Moon Knight I did I hey Steve I can't wait till we get you on the podcast because you were the guy who said you hated Superman Returns because he didn't throw a punch, well. Then you get Superman, you get Man of Steel, where you get Disaster Porn. So you know you can't have it both ways. So <laughs> that's a little gauntlet thrown down. But um, you know, uh, no, I did not mind the quote-unquote lack of Moon Knight in the series because the writing was so uh, it was so top-notch, and Oscar Isaac, uh, you know, was just amazing. Sometimes I found the uh, the action scenes distracting. Get back to the character. I want I want to see what's going to happen. So yeah, um, no. Didn't find that at all. That to be a problem at all.
0: Yeah, it didn't really bother me. In fact, I kind of wish that the ending wasn't as big as it was. In hindsight, I, I wish. I'm hoping that as these TV shows go along and as Marvel enters Phase Five, that some of their shows that are character driven stay more character focused on the ending and don't go for the big like movie ending. I mean, listen, I'm not a. I'm not against a big sort of kaiju fight between Kanchu and, and Ahmet. I mean, you know, I always mm-hmm. like big monsters attacking each other. But I would have also been happier if it was more of a a ground level, less epic battle. You know, if the the the, the series ended that way, so. But I, I thought I thought he was Moon Knight enough in the costume, both costumes really, um, for uh, for what the series yeah. was trying to do. So
1: I, I think it was a perfect balance, actually. I really do.
0: Yeah. So I, I think uh,
1: they they there was a home run for them, and hopefully will there'll be another series. <clears throat>
0: I'm. Sure we will. There. You know There will be something. We will. Moon Knight will rise again. Or wherever. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Joe, we'll go to something. Um. I mean, we've we've given thoughts on this show. We've had thoughts uh, with Josh's podcast Trash Compactor. Um, I even did like a wraparound when he re-released our episode on Obi Wan on Trash Compactor. So we have not had final thoughts on it because Joe has not gotten gotten to weigh in. So Joe, what were your thoughts of Obi Wan Kenobi?
1: I enjoyed it very much. I did think it started off a bit slowly. And um, what's the expression that people use now about uh, oh, subverting expectations? Yeah, because we all thought it was going to be Obi Wan and 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 uh, Luke, right? But it turned right. out to be Obi Wan and, and Princess Leia, and I think um, it worked out well. That I think that was the that was the right way to go because we. we we need to see why she becomes the woman she becomes, the person she becomes, the freedom fighter she becomes. So it's a cute little large and cute – well, the 10-year-old girl is adorable. I don't know who this actress is, but she's absolutely adorable. Uh, I, I thought uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, that's the he pronounces his name. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. yep. I thought he was he was excellent. I thought he was channeling uh, – okay, now I'm drawing a blank on oh, – uh,
0: Alec Guinness. I think
1: like Alec Guinness. He sounded like Alec Guinness. He moved like Alec Guinness. He looked like, Alec, like a young Alec Guinness. Uh, I just thought it was, uh, uh, very well done. I, I thought the introduction of the, um, the Inquisitors was a, was a nice, uh, nice touch. And, uh, what is well, her they name? They were
0: actually introduced in Rebels for the first time. The TV, the cartoon show Rebels. Okay. See, so I didn't that, see that. All right. That's so. an, that's an incontinuity show that, yeah, that's a cartoon, but it is, it is canon. So they, they were first, the Grand Inquisitor was the first to made his appearance in season one of Rebels. So. Okay.
1: And the Inquisitor, how do we pronounce her name? Is it Rava or Riva? Oh, Riva. 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 I thought she was a great character, tortured character, and I kind of like her arc. I had a feeling she was going to wind up the way she did, you know, at the end. I thought that was uh, uh, where things were going. But uh, like Moon Knight, I do have some questions uh, about this series. My biggest question is, is dealing with Darth Vader. Now, I could be wrong, and please tell me if I am, and, and I'm sure the people in our Facebook chat or whatever will say, Joe, you're a lunatic, but um, it seems to me that Darth Vader's powers as a Sith Lord in the original trilogy are uh, not up to speed or nearly as powerful as Darth Vader in these, in these prequels. Uh, I mean, it, it, in, in the, I believe it's the last episode, he, he just reaches, puts his hand up and pulls a ship down from taking off. I had no idea they were that powerful. So. Well, Okay, Sorry, no. I was going to say. I was to say, uh, as Darth Vader grows older, do 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 his powers diminish? As you know, they do in normal people. Uh, you you get older and you can't you can't uh, run that. Well, I couldn't run an eight minute mile, let alone a four minute mile <laughs> as a young man. But uh, you know, uh, it just seems a, a bit incongruous. Uh, but that some of the things they're adding to the backstory don't seem to uh, be showing up or didn't show up, I should say, originally. So I find that as a a bit of a, you know, nitpicking uh, type of uh, uh, problem. And and that's just one of my questions about, about the series.
0: I feel like if I, the answer is probably is just because they didn't have the ability to show the level of the force powers in the original trilogy, to be perfectly honest. So i think he darth vader and obi-wan were always that powerful but when they made the original well one when they made the original movie who knew who knew star wars was going to be star wars i think it was more just the time in which they made it. i think i think if they if we were making four five and six in order and in, in modern times i think you would you would see the lightsaber fight and the powers of the force like you saw in the prequels because mm-hmm. In the sequels, like with Rey and Kylo Ren, they have that level of force power that you see in the. Preview. Yes. So I think, oh, so good I point. Think, yes, thank you for reminding that. Yes. So it's not a matter of diminishing force; it's more of a matter of diminish Like, just technology wasn't there, or the thought, or the ability to pull it off. I think is really the, the more I, I'm going for a more practical explanation, and because because we, like I said, we see in the the sequels that they they have as much force power as Darth Vader and Obi wan display in this series and in the prequels as well. So I think, I think it might not be a satisfying answer, but that would be my answer.
1: No, I think it's a good answer. You know, and uh, I would like to get back to that uh, uh, thing there. I the only way I could do an eight minute model I was on the subway when I was a young man. <laughs> so let's, let's put that to rest. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's that. All right. Um, now also, are Sith Lords nearly invulnerable? Because um, we do see Darth Vader deliver what looks to be a death blow to Inquisitor Riva. And yet she's able to overcome that, and because she finds uh, uh, Obi Wan's um, holographic uh, uh, disc, she knows she knows where to you know where to track him to to go to, to Tatooine. There's also another thing about we will get to this maybe a little bit later on the the way people tra- I mean we've, we talked about this in our Star Wars episode. I, I really think that uh, travel in the Star Wars universe via light speed or the or you know uh, hyperspace is ridiculous and. They need to watch a few episodes of Star Trek to to pin it down, to make it make a little more sense. But how impervious to harm and pain and death are Sith Lords?
0: Um, I don't think they have any. Well, I really I don't know the answer to that. I do know, like, obviously the Grand Inquisitor got ran through by Reva and he was fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. That's a hit. He popped up at the end. Exactly. Keith and I were talking about this offline the other night,
0: scratching our heads about that. And Reva was run through... Well, I, I do know through the powers of the Force that there is the ability to heal. I think that's more of a light side ability um, because Darth Vader in many of in the comic books and some of the other books that were written, he because he holds on... Anytime he tries to heal himself, he has to let go of being angry. And when he lets go of being angry, it's sort of like he has... In order to be... The dark side requires you to keep feeding your anger to have that kind of power, mm-hmm. which is why Darth Vader is never able to fully heal himself from his his wounds is why he stays stuck on the suit so there is force healing powers i don't know sith lords have it um so why reva could survive is the same reason the grand inquisitor could survive which is i don't have an answer to that either except that uh i i don't know i guess darth vader missed all the organs i mean if you remember (laughs) also if you remember from um the book of Boba Fett, um, what's her name gets run through the midsection too, and he he takes her to the guy who gives her a, um, an artificial midsection as well. Remember that? Oh, that's right.
1: But <laughs> uh, wasn't but wasn't uh, Obi Wan's uh, master Qui Kunjin run through, and didn't he die from that wound?
0: Yes, he should he should he should be alive. Basically, yeah. all so, these, exam- based upon yeah, these right. examples. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: You know what it is, James, uh, and I think this is you answered this before with the question about the powers. It could be the technology, but it could also be since these these stories have been written over you know, two generations now by different people and interpreted by different directors and writers. Uh, I, I don't know how much of a the handbook there is that, that uh, what's his name, uh, Lucas wrote, if he even did write one. So I, I think that to service a particular story, powers and abilities can change. And uh, I think that's just part of um, storytelling, part of popular cultural storytelling. It's part of storytelling going back, you know, thousands of years when the storytelling was handed down by word of mouth.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, how, oh, many, yeah. how many, how many, how many, the scale of Superman's power varies oh on the God. writer and the story arc and, and the medium, right? So, yes. I mean,
1: I mean, in the, in the TV series, he, uh, there was one episode where he was able to split himself in two and then one, able, one episode where he was able to, to, uh, to phase through walls like he was Barry Allen or something. So, yes.
0: Um, so, so anyway, t- I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if I satisfied your questions, but I, I would go with that. Also, it, it is the writer. It's also, I don't know. I mean, I have a couple of questions for you that, that, sure. you know, when we were discussing this either on Josh's podcast and also on our podcast about Obi-Wan and, and it's just been in threads with other people we've talked to on the Facebook group. Did you run into an issue when Darth Vader fought Obi-Wan for the first time and he didn't pursue him through the fire? Like he, the flames relit, Obi-Wan escaped him and he kind of like looked and didn't pursue him through the fire.
1: Obi-Wan didn't pursue him through the fire. No, Darth Vader,
0: remember when they they had the first fight and Vader like burns him and wounds him and then Obi-Wan gets to escape that battle and Darth Vader, there's a wall of fire between him and Obi-Wan and Darth Vader doesn't like pursue him through that flame. I don't know if you remember that. I remember
1: Keith and I talking about this last week. Keith had definitely had a problem with that. Uh he 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 brought that up as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think so. I think that was I I I'm not sure. Uh what episode
0: was that? I think that might be episode three. I think okay. it was the halfway mark.
1: Well, there you are. I mean, um uh, we have um three more episodes to go if he pursues him through the fire. Uh is it only four episodes then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, against storytelling, commitment to episodes, um uh there are so many variables involved that can shape the narrative that have nothing to do with the creative process. I would say I, I had a, I did have a problem with that. Yes. But and, I understand um, it though. I understand it though.
0: Yeah, I understand. I mean, I, I, it's a nit, I'm nitpicking at this point. Cause I really did love the series. I mean, so I'm nitpicking here, but the other, the other thing that we, we talked about on the episode I did with Josh and Chris, and I've, I even texted with John about this and I, I texted with a few people is were you, why do you think Obi-Wan let Vader live in the last episode? I mean, I know why we, why he let him live because of the story. Like you have to have Vader and Obi-Wan meet in, in a new hope. So we, we right. had, he couldn't kill him. But why, if you had to think of an in story reason why he didn't kill Vader, then why do you think he let him live in that scene?
1: Well, I think he, I think, doesn't Obi-Wan feel that he failed him,
0: right? Well, he feels like he failed him, but then once, I mean, which I think is the creepiest and most poignant scene of all of Star Wars when Anakin slash Vader says like, you, you didn't do this to me i i right to my you know i i made this myself or i killed anakin skywalker i think at that moment obi-wan feels like relieved finally of this burden he's been carrying around for the last like 10 years of like feeling like he left let his friend down so i'm curious as to why in that moment after that comfort after they have that exchange why he doesn't kill why you know for all rights he should have killed vader then um
1: yeah for the sake of the uh of the um the movement, the rebel movement, right? Yeah, um, the the rebel alliance and, and whatnot. But I, I don't think Obi Wan is. I don't think that's part of his character. I don't. I don't think he kills capriciously, or you know, uh, or uh, you know, uh, another word I'm looking for here. I can't think of right now. But um, I don't think that's who he is. And I, I think he he is a man who will uh, will show mercy even to uh, the most heinous of villains or, or individuals, i.e., Darth Vader. I think that's part of it. He let. I mean, think about it. He he lets himself get struck down by Vader in Star in, in well, A New Hope, right? The first yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we were like, you know, I remember we saw it in the theater. People, were oh my god! What, you know, we couldn't believe that. And uh, but it's part of his plan, I guess. To him, you know, sacrifice, self-sacrifice, is the ultimate weapon to achieve the goal. And I don't think. He would be. I don't think he. I guess in that moment, thought that that, that sac- sacrificing Vader was was going to achieve his uh, his goal. I, I, I'm just. I'm just. You know, uh, riffing here. I'm not sure if that even makes any sense.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, that's where most most of that's where we kind of landed on it for most of the conversation we have is that Obi Wan at that point was um, he was sort of done with war. He was done with fighting, and he was done with killing. Like he didn't yeah. want to. Yeah. He, even though like he, you know, he in all rights should have killed Darth Vader then, but he was just done with killing and the burden that comes with it. And he's trying to, I guess, move on to, you know, other aspects. And it's also we I also going back to our um, Redemption of Darth Vader episode, it's, it's kind of maybe that was the will of the force at the time was not to have Vader get killed. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, we, we've we've seen heroes throughout pop culture and like, why hasn't Batman killed the Joker in the past 80 plus years? I mean, this is ridiculous. The Joker's killed about, he's killed more people than, 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 uh, Stalin probably. But, uh, but you know, uh, <laughs> he's allowed to live. He's allowed to be locked up and escape again and kill another 2000 people and, you know, take out half of Gotham city. And yet, uh, he, you know, so, uh, again, it's, it's part of the, uh, the myth, it's part of the, uh, the narrative, you know, we, we the villain has to, the, the, the heroes, the hero is the, he or she is defined by their, their opposite number. And, uh, can you have an Obi-Wan without Darth
0: Vader? Uh, no. yes, yeah, so that's true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I
1: guess it's part of all, all, part of that. Yep.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's kind of where we landed too. So, I mean, I think you're, we all, are all coming to the same conclusions. I will say after watching obi-wan and then there was also they did a, a special on um, disney plus i think uh, uh jedi returns which was the behind the scenes of making of this uh six-part miniseries mm-hmm. and this might again this might be i said this on the um the extra opening to um the trash compactor re-airing of our obi-wan episode that we did on, on secret origins here but um, I feel like Ewan McGregor might be the definitive Obi-Wan Kenobi for me. I mean, that, that might, no, that's a little sacrilegious, but um, as much as Alec Guinness created the role, I feel like Ewan McGregor really has made the role his own and has, is really like, if, you think, if I think of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm kind of thinking of, of Ewan McGregor's portrayal of him now.
1: I don't think that's sacrilegious at all. I hadn't given that any thought, but it is, you just, as you just popped that question into my head, I, 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 you know, right off the bat, I would have to say that I think you might be right. Uh, you know uh we, we 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 kind of skirted this issue when we did the Adventures of Superman episode especially with me you know i mean richie was down as you know George Reeves is the definitive Superman but if you remember i was not i was not going to you know make that statement because i think a push comes to shove for me even though i admire and and love George Reeves portrayal i think it's Christopher Reeve is the definitive version of Superman so uh i think i think an actor or, or you know, can he or she can supersede, uh, a seminal, uh, uh, performer in, in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in the previous role. And, um, yeah, James, I think you hit on something there.
0: That's Yeah. What, I mean, what's it, what's I, I love, I love Alec Guinness, but I, I really think like, and plus, I mean, it's, I'm not taking anything away from Alec Guinness because you don't have any thoughts. I know at the end of his life, he he kind of said he wished he hadn't done Star Wars. And I know Ewan McGregor is someone who really embraces the role and Mm -hmm. is happy to be part of the Star Wars universe. So maybe that's playing into it a little bit, too. You want want your character, you want your actors who inhabit the characters you love to also enjoy playing the character as well. Yes, yes. I mean, I think the MCU is a good example of that because I think I think all of the actors, aside from the few that they replaced, for whatever reason, all of them enjoy playing the roles that they got to play.
1: Yeah. These are, well, iconic roles, you know, uh, heroic, iconic roles that, that have, some that have been like Captain America have been around for 80 years.
0: We we know Tom Holland loves uh, doing Spider-Man, right? He, he, he said that. Yeah. I mean, Chris Hemsworth, as far as I know, loves playing Thor. I mean, they all seem to enjoy the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. So, and having Ian McGregor love playing Obi Wan is um, is a little bit part of it too, because you can and you can really see how much care and and thought goes into portraying this role. Which he, I think, he also knows is icon is so iconic and means so much to people that he really like really wants to give it his all when he's portraying the character.
1: Was he an ex- executive producer on the on the on the show?
0: He was. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well. Okay. Yeah. So you know that's that says a lot because yeah. he, it means he believes in the, in, in the character. Uh, he wants to do the best you know, make the show of success. There's monetary rewards, obviously, but there's also artistic rewards. So, um, yeah, I, um, that's a great, you know, um, uh, I have a friend uh, from, from work when I used to work over at Vaughan College, uh, my friend Larry, and we often do, uh, we'll take an actor or actress and we'll say, for instance, we'll say, okay, Harrison Ford, Han Solo or Indiana Jones, you know, uh, Michael Landon, Joe Cartwright, or Charles Engels. and these are not as easily answered. You could think, oh no, and and so it's yeah. So uh, uh that's just the same actor playing different roles. But here we have two actors, two great actors. I mean, you know, uh, uh, the original actor was extremely accomplished, but that doesn't mean someone can't come along and 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 surpass them.
0: So Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, your your Superman one is is right on point too. I mean, I think. um you know, as we're recording this right now, we just, we just learned Henry Cavill gets to play Superman again.
1: Yes, um, yes. <laughs>
0: and uh, maybe when he gets to play a happy Superman, which is what, you know, he's signing on for is to play a happy Superman. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll really do something. Maybe he'll surpass it. But I think, uh, you know, right now, I think I would have to agree Christopher Reeve is probably the best, you know, live action embodiment of what Superman, ideal Superman in the comics is right now as well.
1: Yeah, for me, it's, 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 it's Christopher Reeve and just a hair ahead of George Reeves, and then I would probably throw Dean Cain in, in as my third, uh, because they all portrayed a hopeful man of steel, a hopeful Clark Kent, a hopeful Superman. Where, uh, and then we don't blame—I don't blame Henry Cavill for the, the the Superman that he portrayed in the three movies he was in. I think that's all Zack Snyder's doing. And I think there was a post today he released also that uh, he that he, just mentioned what you just said. Uh, it's going to be a hopeful Superman that we're going to see. And uh, I think they're talking about Brainiac again. Finally, hopefully, they they have the technology.
0: Okay. So yeah, they definitely have the technology, and they let's, need let's to move.
1: please we no need more move Lex Luthor.
0: Yeah, no more Lex Luthor. Let Superman's got a bigger rogues rogues gallery than yeah. that. Yeah, no so, more uh,
1: Luthor and Zod. We need we need we need
0: Brainiac. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So well, that you know. Okay. Good. So I mean, um, you know, I think. Uh, do you have any other additional thoughts on Obi Wan Kenobi, Joe?
1: Um. No. I. Mean, I, I
0: I have one more question for you. I'm okay, good. Yes, to. I'm sorry. What did you so? Because obviously we've said in this podcast many times before, and we know your your thoughts on the prequels. We know a lot of people's thoughts on the prequels. But um, <laughs> seeing seeing Ewan and Hayden and the few scenes they had together, where they actually got to act and perform together, did it give you a better representation of what the prequels could have been if they were directed differently? Or do you still have different thoughts about Hayden Christensen at this point? Or
1: most definitely, yes, I got a better vibe.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, now Hayden was uh, how old is Hayden Christensen now? He's got to be in his fifties, no?
0: No, I, I think he was. He was like eighteen when he did. Um, oh, so he was a very young man.
1: Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. It's uh, twenty three years ago. Eighteen twenty. Oh, so he's in his early forties. So yeah. I wonder if they used any of that de aging magic on him, like they do with. Uh, no, they actually Jackson that Buggles.
0: scene. That actually that scene they did a little bit, but they didn't do it that much. They didn't want him okay. to look too. Um, I guess. They didn't want the actors to look too CGI. I think was what they good, said.
1: Good, good for it. them. I, I, I wanted, you know what? To answer your question, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I wanted more of that. I would have liked to have seen that take on the character in the prequels instead of the take that we. And this, this goes back to something we've talked about in the past, where you can't always blame the actor; it's the directing. I, I'm not a fan of the Captain Marvel movie, but this is an award winning actress who was in that role. I just think she was poorly directed. Yeah. and uh and I think that's I don't I don't blame her I blame the director so um you know it, there's a lot of factors that can that can involve a person's performance in the film the script obviously but the director too but yeah uh, I enjoy I enjoyed those scenes uh, those uh, that between them I, I uh, thought they were very well done
0: no definitely I, I kind of makes me wish that they um you know that they were allowed to act like that or instructed to act like that back in the original. Prequels. I mean, if it was still the same script but better acting, I prop. I think I would probably think of if. Hay- I guess if Hayden Krishna was allowed to act, even with the script he had, I might have different thoughts that I have on Anakin Skywalker that I than I do now because you can sometimes see things in a person's emotion and, and voice and tone and acting that that are not on the page, mm-hmm. and it might have might have made like the. What well, we, I, what I consider now, like his portrayal, and that is this a very whiny sort of, you know. I've said all these thoughts on our, you know, redemption of Darth Vader episode, but mm-hmm. I could have felt possibly different if this is the level of acting we got in this transition to the dark side. Uh, right. There could have been some more empathy and more compassion and more complexity than than what we got to see if he if he got to fully act in those
1: movies. Who directed those prequels? that wasn't all Lucas? Was other... That was all Lucas, I think. He directed all three.
0: Yeah, wrote and directed all three. No, he
1: wrote them. Okay, well then his directorial prowess was slipping at that point
0: yeah <laughs> that's uh... well if you ever if you ever watch because it's excellent you should watch um light and magic the making of ilm and you get to see a lot of george lucas's thoughts about creating ilm and also his thoughts about movie making in there as well and it kind of gives you like a little window into he was kind of I, I, at least i've you know people could disagree if you've seen the special but he kind of was making the movies so he could also play with the technology to make the movies hmm. So he was kind of interested in the like George Lucas. I kind of got from from the from the ILM special that if he could have done it, he would have been the sole everything on those movies. Like he would have been writer, director, you know, everything. If he could have done it, so it was only his vision, and he didn't have to like um, mo- you know loop in other people. That's the way he would have wanted it.
1: That is not a recipe for success in the uh, in the entertainment industry. You need you need. Uh... There's the old expression "too many cooks can spoil the broth," but you do need, you do, you need the chef does need some help.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, listen, he or she needs help. I, I don't. I, I definitely agree with you. That that being said, uh, I mean, if he's an artist and that's his vision, I mean, you know, uh, it's it's hard to like it's hard to say. But I I feel like you for a movie and for TV shows and and medium mediums like that, you do need more than one kid. It's not like you're just making a painting or writing a book. Exactly. You kind of, right. you kind of need more people involved than that. Um, And again, I could be wrong in my, you know, thoughts on like how, I'm not saying George Lucas came up bad in the documentary. And this is not me saying anything ill of him. I'm just, I'm just, I think he's the type of artist who would prefer, he has a vision for something. And if he could have achieved it on his own, he probably, that's what he would have wanted to do. Um, So going back to the, check that that thing out. Yeah, definitely check it out because it's, 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 it's it's fascinating. I think it's an amazing um, documentary series that they did. So. Um, but yeah, I, I just looked it up. Attack of the Clones was written and directed by George Lucas as well. So, okay. Um, yeah. Well, I. Um, sorry, Joe, Joe. you had one more thought about Obi Wan before uh, I went off on this tangent. Hey, well, Christian,
1: the but... the only thought I didn't get to, and it, it goes back to the uh, the powers of the yeah. uh, of the uh, either the Sith or the um, the Force wielders, and um, I, I, I you know I forgot to mention that when you, at 800 years old Yoda was able to lift Luke's ship out of the swamp, so. That may, you know, obviously that, that disproves my theory that uh, as they they get older, their powers wane. But you know, at the same time, uh, at the height of his in his prime, Darth Vader was bested by Luke in the lightsaber duel in Return of the Jedi. So, again, I just think it's um, it's more to, as you said, the technology of the time and to the vagaries of different people coming in and, and writing and directing. This is going to, I mean, how many incongruities are in, are there in the uh, James Bond series of films? There's, there's, there's thousands probably. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and even in the, um, you know, the Superman films, God help us in the Batman movies, especially you know, the, 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 um, the final two that kill the franchise. So, um, I'm going back, you know, the Batman forever and Batman and Robin, those, those terrible films. So, uh, I don't think we can always look for uh, continuity in these, um, Franchises, we have to f- take it where we can find it and enjoy it, and uh, and uh, not get too nitpicky about it, you know, and just let it slide once in a while.
0: But uh, I was going to say uh, about it is, uh, I think the saying is like, I don't know, don't know if you agree with this, but you shouldn't let continuity necessarily get in the way of good of telling a good story.
1: I agree with that completely.
0: Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. I think that's what they kind of bandy, you know, I think. I think when they're making these new Star Wars and the, even the new Star War Star Trek shows and any any show where they're doing prequels or or sequels or in between episodes for the love franchise things that we love, I think that's sort of the rule where you want to tell a story, and if you have to kind of. Let go of or finesse some of the facts for it to fit in. I think that's what you have to do as a writer, and I think it's what you have to do as a as a as a fan. Also, I mean,
1: yeah, I completely agree, and I, I think Star Wars uh, Star Wars uh, Strange New Worlds is a perfect example of that. I mean, uh, there's no way you could have passed off the Enterprise, the interior of the Enterprise in 2022 to look like it did in 1966. People would not simply would not stand for it; they wouldn't buy it.
0: Right. It was like what Josh said. They just—it was out of focus.
1: The background. Yeah, yeah, it was out of focus. There you go.
0: <laughs> or, or that whole thing we saw in Strange New Worlds—that was just around the corner that Scotty never went to in engineering. Like,
1: just never... <laughs> yeah, they, they they did try to get some some uh, uh, illusion of depth uh, depth in, uh, in the uh, engine room, right? right? But it was just a uh, obviously a painting on the on the back wall there, so or uh, some type of prop maybe a drop cloth who knows cloth. yeah <laughs> but
0: yeah no it's let the story I mean, it goes it goes to that that the the season finale of strange new worlds where they were recreating the balance of terror and you open this you open with the same scene that kirk was doing in with the wedding and you can see the different the different like oh yeah it's a different room entirely like <laughs> where they're holding the wedding but it's supposed to be the same room but you know it's uh i think I think if you're going to keep doing this there and we've talked about this in our Strange New Worlds podcast and and everything like it's sort of if you want, we can't make television like that because audiences wouldn't tolerate it. So we have to assume if they had the money and technology back then, that's what the enterprise would have looked like. Or, you know, or if if, if Lucas doing episode four had the Mm -hmm. ability for gymnastics and CGI, the Jedis would have been doing like Obi-Wan and Darth Vader's fight would have been like you know their fight in in uh, revenge of the sith so mm-hmm. it's it's just you know we have to just like sort of finesse that in our mind and make it all wrap you know tightly bind together continuity wise so
1: yeah no yeah. it's a, it's not, that if that's not a problem i think most people can get past that and the ones that can't you know well try something else then <laughs> right <laughs> just uh, watch something else but uh, i think uh, that's well put
0: yeah. Well, I think, um, I, well, a few, a few things, Guess, Joe, have you started watching She-Hulk yet or are you going to watch She-Hulk?
1: I watched the first episode. It didn't hit too well with me. I, but Keith has told me that it gets better and he did, he said the best episode he thought of the series was the, uh, the one with, um, uh, Charlie Cox as, as a daredevil. So I, I wanted, he said, you could just drop in on that. So I think I might drop in on that episode and, uh, and then I'll, I'll make a decision, um, yeah, it's also the point where there's so much, how much can you watch, you know I mean? And, um, as you said at the beginning of this episode, uh, Joe has been involved with, uh, sports, you know, thank God the, uh, Oh, the baseball is over, but we've got the, the jets and the giants playing excellent football and hockey season has started. I watched the Rangers lose to the Islanders last night. Damn it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, it, it, uh, my TV watching has got to be, um, I've got to find the time to watch everything. It's it's difficult.
0: And so. audience of just just for your time stamping because I'm not sure when this episode will release. We're recording this at the end of October 2022. If you're listening to us mm-hmm. far in the future, hello. Um, yeah. But I, Joe, I wanted. I figured we could, we could kind of end with this on thoughts um, because who knows? When, depending on when this episode comes out, um, things could have changed. But what do you think about the DC's new uh, putting James Gunn in charge of the DC universe?
1: James Gunn and also a. Um... Uh, uh, I can't think of the other guy's name. Saffron? Is that his name? Saffron, yes. Guy? Yes,
0: Saffron, yeah. Well, I, I don't
1: know. I mean, when I think of James Gunn, I mean, well, I think of Volume 1 and Volume 2, uh, you know, uh, uh, Guardians into the Galaxy. Guardians into the Galaxy Volume 1 is my favorite MCU movie of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time. I hope that's where he's going to be headed into in, in more of a lighthearted vein. I hope he's going to eschew the, the Snyder, uh, verse, uh Darkness, without you know throwing everything out the window. And and um, not go down, a, you know, a, a deconstructive uh, uh, path. I mean, it's enough with deconstructing superheroes. It's, you know, only Alan Moore could do that. Uh, everybody else has tried for the past 35 years, and I think they failed spectacularly, most of them. You know, we'll, 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 we'll give Mark Wade a, a nod in, in Kingdom Come, obviously. But um, uh, let's get back to hopeful and bright. Well, and I think I,
0: that's I hope, I, mean, he, I, think... I hope that's where he's headed. I think that's where they're go. Well, I I think that I don't know if this is official, and again, things could change by the time you guys are listening to this podcast. But James Gunn and Peter Safran are not going to be overseeing the Joker sequel or the Batman two. They are, I think, I guess they're focusing on the movies that are now with the return of Henry Cavill and the way. I haven't seen it either, um, Black Adam. I think that's. I think it's sticking within the universe that Snyder like laid down. So I guess they're handling the properties that would exist within the previous universe that Snyder established. So, and I you say Henry Cavill wants to return for a lighthearted Superman. So hopefully they're going to bring. I hope they bring the Guardians of the Galaxy fun into the DC universe.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think we all have to wait to see what's going to happen at the end of this Flash movie if it ever comes out, because this is the going to supposedly going to be the the a uh, uh, soft reboot. Of things, so I think there's some aspects of the Snyderverse are going to uh continue, but I think some are not. Obviously, it looks like um Ezra Miller will not continue as the Flash if there's another Flash film. They'll, they're looking at other actors right now, I, I believe, because that's a whole can of worms that uh not even want to talk about, but you know,
0: yeah, I just hope he
1: gets some help. That's all,
0: uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I don't want to wind
1: up like Keith Ledger or anything like that, so you know, let him get the help he needs. Yeah, I I am excited they have somebody. That's 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 important. There's somebody at the helm or two people at the helm. Uh let's give them a shot.
0: You know? Right. Yeah. And uh I mean I liked um I mean listen, I, I don't know if you saw it yet. The Su- the Suicide Squad Two movie, I enjoyed that that he directed, uh James uh James Gunn. Uh I enjoyed Peacemaker. It's a little a little crude, but um
1: That's what I've heard, yes. <laughs> a
0: little crude and definitely violent, but um I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that. It was it was fun and um yeah, I think if he takes the Guardians of the Galaxy, a Guardians of the Galaxy sensibility put to Superman, put to Green Lantern. Like, god, could we could we do could we do Green Lantern is like, you know, it's like he he did Green Lantern before Green Lantern ever got a chance to do Green Lantern. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope uh, I hope that's the direction they're going in and I you know, again, not seeing the movie. Um, actually, Steve Carell gave Black Adam the the actors, and the characters are good. He thought the plot was a bit predictable. He said in the Facebook group. Okay. Um, so but, I've been uh, hearing from a lot of people. But uh, but if you know if we're continuing on with you know the Rock as Black Adam and all those, I mean I think it's good. I mean I heard rumors that Ben Affleck was going to maybe come back as Batman now or something. So we'll see what happens. I guess with this universe. He, he might
1: also be in the Flash film, Ben Affleck, along with uh, Michael. Well, he was
0: supposed to be originally. I mean, they've done yeah. so many reshoots at yeah. this point. I don't know what's, um, I don't know what that movie is going to be. I mean, because they they keep saying like I, I I recently read like maybe last month Ezra Miller did did some reshoots for the Flash movie. Um, so I don't know what's going. I don't know what they're trying to sculpt that movie to be at this point. But
1: and when those reshoots were done, apparently Cavill, Affleck, and Gail Gadot were in town at all at the same time. So people are you know, well, what they're all in town at the same time. They must be part of the reshoots. Maybe who knows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, I mean, I, Joey, I mean, I don't know if Gary for spoiled this, but in the, did you hear like the last scene of the Peacemaker show? They had. Um,
1: the Justice had, League show, up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But they had Momoa and they had Ezra were there to play the Flash and Aquaman, I think. And it was, uh, I can't, I can't remember. It was I definitely Ezra was there, but I think Jason Momoa was there as well. Right. And they were, you know, so I guess Peacemaker exists. I guess they're, you know, really going with the template that, um, you know, Snyder aside that, that, that this is the universe we're going forward with. So, um, you know, like I said, I hope it's a more hopeful DC universe and a more fun DC universe than we've-
1: at, at least from the Superman aspect. If you want, if you want to keep, you know, Batman, uh, you know, in, in the darkness and brooding, and even that at some point needs to be, uh, you know, lightened up a bit. I think. Um, then fine, but um, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman, especially, cannot be um, questioning themselves and brooding all the time. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's not who they are. They're, they're supposed to be beacons of hope. You
0: know. Yeah, I mean. Like I said. I, I actually like the Batman, but my my as we have said many times, and I think you agree with him. The Batman for me is the animated series. And yeah. The animated series, Bruce Wayne slash Batman, was not always dark and brooding. Like no. he ban- he bantered with Alfred, he bantered with Dick, he bantered mm-hmm. with Tim. Like he wasn't this like. Um, again, I, I like the Batman, but you know Robert Pattinson's Batman was really dark. like he was not that Bruce Wayne or Batman. He was like all Batman, and he wasn't even like the. Necessarily, the good parts of Batman. Yeah, there was no
1: delineation delineation between Bruce Wayne and Batman. I thought in that film, I, and that that really bothered me. I just uh, uh, I thought Michael Keaton uh, did a pretty good job of uh, of separating uh, Bruce yeah. Wayne and,
0: and, and Batman. Um, I feel like um, I said this in the Facebook post. But I think I think Michael Keaton's Batman is my favorite live action Batman so far. Oh, that's why. Yeah,
1: me too. Okay. Oh, I agree. With that,
0: Yeah. I mean, as much as Christopher Nolan did with the character and. I love those movies and the Dark Knight is still not just a great you know superhero movie it's just a great movie period um, mm. I still think Michael Keaton's the perfect balance of the two of the two calves of that character
1: yep I would agree with that yeah he's, he's you know when I think of when I think of Batman when I think of Superman I think of Christopher Reeve first and George Reeves also, right, right on right out of his tail and when I think of uh the Batman I, I think of Michael Keaton yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know who would come after Michael Keaton in my mind. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, probably Christian Bale, just because, you know, those, those movies are so iconic. I mean, the first two anyway, I mean, there's Dark Knight Rises is, is debatable, but yeah. I think definitely, definitely like Bat, the Dark Knight and Batman Begins, I would probably say Christian Bale after Michael Keaton is my those favorite. Those are great Batman. movies.
1: Yeah. And, 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 to the to flesh out the trilogy, Trinity, when I think of Wonder Woman, I love Gail Godot, but, um especially in the first Wonder Woman film. Wonder Woman 1984 was a mess. But um, for me, it's will always be Linda Carter. Yeah, it's just uh, part of my upbringing back in there. I was a young man back then, and I fell in love with her. Who didn't? <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, it's always going to be Linda Carter.
0: Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen enough of the classic Wonder Woman series to weigh in on that. So, but I'll, I'll, I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it, Joe. You it Okay. Thank it. you. <laughs> I mean, obviously I think for both of us, because there's only been really two of them, you know, Grant Gustin is the flash in my mind. Um, oh yeah.
1: Yes. Without doubt. Yeah
0: and um mm-hmm. and, and everyone else really hasn't had a bite at the apple enough to like uh i mean you know Jason Momoa is Aquaman until someone else is so. right and
1: there's only been there's only been two green arrows i can't even think of the actor uh who, play, who played him on smallville what was his oh, name oh uh, it was Justin
0: Hartley who was Justin in Hartley, the, yeah. he was in that show um this is us right human, okay yep, he was also
1: on the failed aquaman pilot
0: yes he was uh, uh, but
1: know, this, for me uh, you know Oliver Ollie will always will always be Stephen Amell i can't imagine anybody ever you
0: know portraying Ollie better than, than Stephen Amell did Yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully they, I mean, we'll see what DC does. I mean, with this whole thing, I'm, uh, I was talking to, uh, you know, for a previous guest on the show, Josh, uh, Josh Murray, about this. Um, I hope since they've introduced Man Thing that uh, DC might feel better about introducing Swamp Thing again into the uh, live action Mm -hmm. verse. So, yeah. Uh, because that show was really good. I know. I know you didn't get a chance to see it, but that that limited show that they that they canceled because they they overspent their budget was. I thought was really good. I think it was. I think it had the potential to really go some interesting places with the character.
1: It's it's not even on HBO Max right now, is it?
0: Right? Yeah. I don't think it's, it's like it's can't... not even. I don't even think it's on the CW app anymore.
1: No, it's not. It's not. Looked. I. You can't find it anywhere. It's kind of like when we you know trying to find the Adventures of Superman. You can't find it anywhere. Unless you got the the DVDs. Yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah, which which is okay. a go to show because like, we've had this we've had this discussion offline. Like sometimes it's good to own the original like hard disk copies because these things oh, can yeah. go away. Yeah,
1: they can. They do.
0: I mean, because after Sorry. listening to Josh, uh, Josh talk about it and then you talk about it and listening to the inglorious Trexperts about it. I was I was going to watch an episode of Have Gun Will Travel because of its relationship to Star Trek. And it's not available anywhere.
1: Yeah, you try to find that. Exactly.
0: You can't. It's yeah. not available yeah. on any streaming service right now, which is like insane to me. But it's I think unless you had the DVDs, you can't you can't watch that show.
1: Mm-hmm. Crazy,
0: crazy. So yeah. Well, Joe, we have any recommendations before we, as we wrap this episode up?
1: I have one. I have it in front of me. I don't. I don't think I recommended this uh, previously. I know Keith and I talked about it. I told him about it. I have uh, the first um, What If uh, complete collection, Volume One. From the uh, oh, okay, original what if series, you know, the, I had these books, but I, I sold all of them at in condition comics except number two. I did find number two, which is what if uh, the Hulk uh, retained Bruce Banner's mind. But I read the first four issues, and and they're, they're great. They, I mean, it's Roy Thomas mostly writing the first, you know, the first one is what if Spider-Man to join the Fantastic Four, and the first in the first four stories, they each have this great twist at the end that you don't see coming, uh, which I, I I I thought is very uh, ingenious. So I would highly recommend that. Uh, it's I, I believe there was there's three volumes, because I think there was at least about 30 issues of this series. I'm not sure how many other were, but the first 12 are just great, great stuff. So I would have well, I'm going to do, uh,
0: do, a, do a plug here, Joe. What if volumes uh, one, two, three, and four are all available on Hoopla?
1: Ah, there you go. Okay, folks, dive in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, uh, so if you want to watch you like Joe's recommendation and you want to get it and you have a library card, go on to hoopla and you can yeah. uh, read what if I'm going to actually favorite that right now myself and, and make sure. I re- so was in that, so obviously this was written way before the David run just to kind of was, was what if Bruce, what if the Hulk retained Bruce Banner's mind? That's kind of like the smart Hulk, right?
1: Yeah. But, but there's an excellent twist about that at the end. And the, the one so far, I bet, like I said, I read the first four issues. And I, I only read these stories once back in the seventies. So I didn't remember how they had, they ended, but the, the twist in the, the what if the Avengers did had, had uh, disbanded uh, early on in their career, that's issue. That's that's number three in this volume. That's got an incredible ending that I did not see. Well, you, you see it coming, I guess, as you read the story, but I didn't remember that, and I, it still wowed me. It, it did wow me, I should
0: say. I'm sure it okay. wowed me back
1: then, and it wowed me again. So, highly recommend it.
0: Very cool. Well, definitely take a look at that. And I guess my recommendation uh, for this week is going to be, I don't know if I spoke about this before, is um, Batman eighty nine the comic book, uh, oh, okay. the, the follow up to the Tim Burton verse, and um, I think if you like the Tim, the first two Tim Burton Batman movies, as we've spoken about just now with Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. I think this is good. It's not great, but it is good. It does does do the um, Billy D. Williams gets to play Two Face in this, oh, good. and we get to see what. I guess Burton's version of Robin would be. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's worth a read. I mean, I read it. It's Again, it's available on Hoopla. So if you're not interested in spending money on that, but you're interested in what's happening, <laughs> you can go watch on Hoopla. And the other thing I'll recommend um, is I read Justice League Dark, The Great Wickedness. And hmm. uh, I enjoyed the storyline. It talks about uh, Merlin coming back and Merlin coming back. And he's not the Merlin we uh, know from legend. And he's trying to unmake the universe and the justice league dark now led by Zatanna because I guess wonder woman, wherever this is taking place is dead or just coming back to life or whatever okay. happened after dark, death metal, I guess. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's a good story. It's a good, again, that's also available on hoopla.
1: I'll have to so, check that out.
0: Yeah. It was I like it was justice good. League dark. I always like just, I don't think I've read, I mean that they're not, they all vary degree of quality, but I've, I've never like read a volume of justice league dark that I didn't like something about. It's always like, Something in there that is enjoyable, so I haven't. I would say the I, I like the whole Justice League Dark series that they've done so far.
1: It it just seems to me that, and I guess it's because there's, there's less of the supernatural than there are the traditional you know superhero mainstream superheroes, that either Marvel or DC whenever they do a series like this, it's usually it usually hits. People seem to seem to like uh, writing about the, uh, the supernatural, the spiritual, whatever you want to call it, and uh, the stories usually uh, are. are top-notch they usually they usually work and they're very enjoyable
0: yeah they are adorable. i would say that's uh justice league dark was one of the good shining points of the new 52 so
1: yes that was one of them i would agree with that yes yeah, there were very few but that was one of them along with justice league and mm, the first two-thirds of batman by snyder and uh, capullo yeah i agree. i'm crazy at the end especially with year zero uh, talk about that yeah. but uh,
0: <laughs> A different another Joe's comics corner down the road <laughs> yeah
1: well yeah, but that would be so negative I don't know if people would want to hear that so you know we don't want
0: to do that um, well yeah. Joe this is great getting your thoughts on things we didn't get your thoughts on previously so I'm yeah, happy we got an opportunity to do this We'll, uh, I guess another we'll have to do this periodically because uh, there's stuff that comes up that we don't always get to touch upon in the up in the show just because we don't always do this in real time but um, it was good to reminisce over these uh, these things from the past year oh, thank so you for uh, the opportunity yeah, so thank you for doing this. You're welcome. And listening audience, thank you for listening. As always, if you have thoughts about the thoughts that we had on these things, uh, please uh, put them in the comments section when this uh, post goes up. And if you want to reach out to us, please reach out to us on the Facebook group. You can reach out to us also at secretoriginsmc at gmail.com, and secretoriginsmc is the Instagram And we would really also appreciate it if you have time, um, if you could uh, rate and uh, review the show, and that would do a lot for getting this show in the eyes of other people who may enjoy hearing our voices talk about pop culture. So uh, we thank you for listening, and we will talk to you on the next episode.